Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to Girl on Fire podcast on the Believe Network, New York's number one podcast network for personal growth. This is your host, Kirsten Franklin. On this week's episode, we have with us Natalie Darwitz, who was the captain of the U.S. women's uh, national team for several seasons, and she's a two-time Olympic medalist. She's won three world champions, and she is one of the few women inductees into the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame. So welcome, Natalie. Thank you so much for having me. appreciate it. So, so Natalie, you know, Girl on Fire, we're here all about talking about women entrepreneurs, women business leaders. You know, obviously you as a woman in a male dominated sport, I'm sure has a lot to say about women's equality. And we're going to, we're going to sit here and we're going to talk about it all, if you don't mind, because I definitely want to uh, get this out there. And you also happen to be a mom of two young boys, right? So you, so we all understand you here. Definitely want to talk to you about a little bit what it's like, um, playing hockey, uh, in a male dominated sport. I know that you and several others are obviously trying to, uh, bring more women into the sport. Um, and we see that all over, right? We see that interestingly enough, the NHL doesn't have like a quote women's team, right? I mean, like I know there's other divisions on the side there. Um, I noticed that they kind of, some of them kind of falter. Some of them are kind of still there with a few handful of teams. Um, But talk to me, talk to me a little bit about that. Talk to me about what it was like being one of the few women. I mean, now there's a lot more girls coming into the sport, but you know, you really paved the way for that happening. So tell me a little bit about how that was, how that was growing up, being a woman in the sport, and then actually being at the level that you were, Um, you know, talk to me about that. Yeah. At that time I started playing hockey. I mean, I was the youngest of three siblings. I had an older sister and brother and um, I kind of got carted around by my mom and dad. My dad was with my brother going to hockey and my mom was taking my sister to tap dancing classes. So I was always like, where do you want to go with mom or dad? And I always chose dad to go to hockey. And I just kind of watched and, and ran around the rink and fell in love with, uh, with wanting to play. And I kept bugging my mom and dad. My dad was all for it. My mom was not, she was basically like, there's no other girls out there. How, why would I let my youngest daughter (laughs) be out there? And I just was persistent enough that, that she finally gave in. And, you know, now looking back and and being a parent myself, I'm sure that was really nerve wracking for her sending her daughter really to a sport that I was the only girl there. Um, at that time I, I didn't know any different. I mean, I was just waking up doing something I was excited about doing. So I didn't look around the locker room in the rink and go, wait a minute, I'm, I'm on the only point tell in, in here. Um, I just kind of was out doing my thing and it was kind of my happy place. And it was really not until I got a little bit older, probably like middle school, uh, when I was playing with the boys that everyone else was bringing it to my attention that I was the only girl out there. Cause the, cause really the, the, my boy teammates didn't see me as their girl teammate. I was just their teammate. Right. And that was really cool. And that gives me a lot of hope that, um, kids just go out and play and just want, and they don't care if it's a male, female, a dog, a cat, it's, they just go out and do their thing and play. It's, it's the adults that are, are bringing it to the, the forefront of, Hey, did you see that? Or did you, are you aware? Yeah. Um, 
So in middle school, it was kind of like, hey, there's a girl out there and she's pretty good. And it was funny just to play just the other teams because I had a target on my back because I was the girl. Right. And I had a bigger target on my back because I was one of the better ones on my team. <laughs> and I was a girl. Right. Um, and so I didn't really take notice of it until other people, specifically, mostly other parents, were the ones to really put the, it under the microscope. Right. Um, and so I just grew up with kind of that adversity. It made me stronger. It made me better. Um, it kind of put more fire in my belly to that, that I had an extra target on my back to prove them wrong. Uh, but ultimately, I was just doing something I loved, and it just happened to be I was the only girl out there. So let me ask you about that. I mean, because for you, you had the mental switch that was kind of like, oh, yeah, you're coming for me. I'm, I'm going to win, right? Mm-hmm. How, does, yeah. how do you think you developed that? because we're all about mindset here. Is that something that maybe was instilled by your dad, by your brothers, by your sisters? Like, where do you think that came from? Yeah, it's definitely intrinsic. I was just, I was just always a really competitive kid. I mean, I wanted to, even if it was something I wasn't good at, I wanted to win. And, um, I just loved hockey so much. It wasn't work for me, like to go out and grab a few friends and play roller hockey in our high school driveway or, our parking lot or to go shoot pucks or just to go work out. It was something I wanted to do. I wanted to be the best. Right. Um, and so it, it kind of just, for me, it was just, I, I had a competitive nature that if, if yeah. somebody tried to bring me down, it fired me up. Kind of like when you watch a documentary on Michael Jordan, how he made stuff up in his head to, <laughs> it's kind of like, I mean, I'm not Michael Jordan, but <laughs> um, it was kind of like that. It was when you heard stuff, when people doubted you, like it just, it just mm-hmm. ticked me off to the point where I got to look in my eyes and I was proving them wrong. Um, right, right. and I think it, it just happened to me at an earlier age because of my setting of being in a, with males and being doubted and being, I, I wouldn't necessarily say doubted. It was more like I knew, I knew other people wanted to stop me, not only because I was our best player on the team, but because I was a girl. Right. Um, and so you always had to like prove it. It's not that they doubted you, but you knew you had to step in and almost be better than them to know that you had a place. There, absolutely. Kind of yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I get you. I get you. All right. Awesome. So I have to ask this. I mean, holy shit, the Olympics, not just once, like, but holy shit. Like, what was that like? What was your first time at the Olympics like? Yeah, so... You were young. You were like 18, right? Yeah, my first Olympics. I've competed in three Olympics in Salt Lake was my first one when I was 18 years old. Um, one, uh, we earned a, earned a silver there and then competed in Torino in 06 in bronze and then Vancouver in 2010 and another, unfortunately, silver. So... Um, it was, I mean, my, everyone asked me what my favorite Olympics was and it's, it's hard to, you know, pick a, a favorite child, but, um, my first one was definitely, I think my favorite just because it was my first one. It was in obviously our, our, yeah. our backyard, it was in Salt Lake. So it was easier for family and friends to come. And, um, again, it was just the first one and the excitement surrounding it. I was, I was basically a senior in high school. And so my high school was watching it back on the TV at home. There's just a lot of buzz surrounding it. And um, I think in the pre-Olympic trials, we were like 10 and 0 versus Canada. And we lost the most important game, which stinks. But 
it is what it is, but it was quite the experience. I mean, just to look up and see my family and friends in the stands That's and awesome. Um, there's a lot that went into that, a lot of sacrifice, not only on my part, but people around me and the support and everything. So it was just a culmination of kind of, I made it and, uh, so many people out there supported me and, and they were able to experience it with me. Yeah. So let's touch upon that because, you know, we just had something the other day in one of my groups talking about, um, one of the biggest problems with entrepreneurs. And I can tell you, I, I experienced it myself with some of my first companies is this kind of idea of lone wolf. And I think for women, it's even more so. Like we're the only class of people, class of humans that went from, at least in American society, to being the stay-at-home mom, to then being the breadwinner of the family. But you also have to be a perfect mom too. So now you have these two jobs and heaven forbid you're an entrepreneur. It's like you have to kind of lone wolf it and do it yourself. Because if you get help, you're not that cool. You're not that good. You're not that smart, right? It's like, that's this weird thing. So I kind of love what you just sort of acknowledges. No one gets where they are by themselves. And you're not the only person sacrificing. People around you have to give up. And this is so true for entrepreneur families. Like your parents, they're busy, dude. (laughs) And and hopefully they have some balance, right? Because like, I know that was really important for me as a single mom. I've been to every one of my kids' class trips that they let me go on. Like I am there a thousand percent because I know, right? Like I know what that feels like. And so, you know, talk to me a little bit about that, about, you know, I'm, I, I love that you even can see that because some people can't even see what everybody sacrifices around you just to help you get your dream, get your thing. Um, you know, talk to me about that. Like when you were going through it, did you have that sort of lone wolf sense? Like, oh my God, I got to do this on my own. Or were you really, because of the sport, you know, were you more open to outside help? You know, obviously we all have 8 million coaches, you know, but you know, yeah. how did that look for you? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's funny to kind of look back because my parents obviously made huge sacrifices, but people, what, what they don't understand is I was, I was, I left home when I was 16. I mean, I was still in high school and to me, that's the ultimate sacrifice. I couldn't imagine now being a mom and sending my kids, seeing my, my son or daughter or. I have two sons and, and I think that was the ultimate sacrifice. Nally wanted to follow her dreams. Uh, she wants to go to the Olympics. 16 to 18 years old. I wasn't home. Yeah. Really? You know, that was the ultimate sacrifice. Not, you know, you always hear about money and driving early in the morning. They obviously did all that, but to me, that was the biggest one. They missed out on, you know, they're going to my local high school games in the prime of my high school career. Yeah. You know, I was, I was in upstate New York and Lake Placid for two years, um, training for the Olympics. And so, and with the mom who was scared of you even getting into it, cause you're going to be the only girl, right? So. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, so they're basically, that's a lot of trust and a lot of just faith to go okay, my 16, 17-year-old daughter, 18-year-old daughter is away from home. I know she's under, you know, she's around people that care about her and, you know, older people because I was the youngest uh, basically on the team for those years. Uh, People are going to take care of her. She's got friends. Um, She's safe. You know, those were obviously the underlying circumstances. But, you know, they would go home every day and my my other siblings were off to college. So they empty nested way too too soon, (laughs) you know. When, when their neighbors were going to the high school games and, you know, I'm missing out on, you know, prom and, and stuff like that. So they, they made an ultimate sacrifice for me to follow my dream. And 
you know, so that was really cool when I got to the Olympics to see him in the stands. Um, cause it was just as much as hard work and a different kind of hard work and, and, um, letting go almost that they were able to see their daughter, you know, reach her dreams and, and compete on a world stage. And then you have parents like me, they're like, Oh yes, go please. Boarding school is waiting. You know that they send you to <laughs> kindergarten boarding school in other countries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, and above that, I mean, just the countless people that, you know, in my hometown supported me, whether that was, I needed ice or they were going to come out and skate with me. So I didn't have to skate alone. Um, you know, my high school was great at that time. I graduated in 2002 from high school. And at that time, obviously internet and isn't what, what it was today. I wouldn't have graduated on time if they weren't flexible and, and helped me out. So I just, a lot of people in my corner that, that made us what could have been a stressful situation really smooth yeah that's nice that's nice to have that so talk to me about what it was like kind of actually before we even get there you know I want to I want to talk about this because you know um I want to dig into this a little bit because it is interesting you know the NHL has one team like one not one team (laughs) that was stupid the NHL has like it's like one organization right it's not like we have in the NBA the WNBA um and I don't even know how I feel about that but you know we have the WNBA they're their own league. We have the NBA, um, the NHL, the NFL, all of these other organizations. Soccer obviously has has the two. But you know, for for you, the NHL, there's only been what one female player ever on the NHL. She was a goalie, I think, right, from Canada. Or yeah, Manon Rayum. Yes, yeah. and so so that's interesting. Like, and I know that we like have these women's leagues. I think there was like two of them um, that were coming up, but haven't really been as successful. And obviously there's a whole history there about, you know, leaning towards the men and men in sports, but talk to me about what you think could be done, should be done with respect to really paving the way for equality within the sport and all sports here in the States, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's a a loaded question. Um, I just, you would have hoped that, you know, I think especially women's hockey would have progressed a little bit faster than it has. But, you know, the one thing I always tell people is it, it took a while for the NHL to build. It's really we're still in our infancy stage um, or our adolescence. I mean, there's only been, I think, the first first time the Olympics was in or the women's hockey was in the Olympics was ni- 1998. Mm. So I think we're only five or six Olympics through that's every four years. Um, so what are we doing in between? Where is there a place for these players to play? How do they continue to grow? Cause if, if I look back at my history, a lot of the top players in, in our, in our country in, in Canada, they're, they're retiring 25, 26. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. That's They're in their prime, but it's like having, if you want to have a family, um, it's every four years. It's not, you know, I could play for another year. Four years is a big span to, to go for the next one. So, um, as, as far as, you know, the, to go back to the, the NBA, they, you know, they're helping the WNBA. Yeah. I do think that the professional leagues have to get on board somehow, some way, uh, for, I think that to be substantial, I, I do think, um, I, I like, you know, like talk about the lone wolf. It, it's great for us to be like, yes, let's do it on our own. It hasn't Not, worked. Yeah. I was going to say it doesn't work that way. I wish it did. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't work and it hasn't worked. And so 
really, you need some financial backing and some credibility. You need someone to be credible. I'm lucky that I'm from Minnesota and I grew up in what we kind of call the state of hockey. The Minnesota Wild has been a phenomenal organization that has gotten behind not only girls hockey in our state, uh, they've gotten behind our semi-professional team here in Minnesota, the Minnesota Whitecaps. And and I coach at a D3 school in St. Paul and they've gotten behind our team because we share a practice facility with the wild as our home rink. And so they've, they've sponsored us. They supported us. Um, that's what we need. That's yeah. if you, if you go to a D three game and you're like, wait a minute, I'm seeing the Minnesota wild behind this team. That's only going to an out from an outsider, someone who is misinformed or uninformed. They're going to go, wow, well, they must be credible if, if, a professional organization is going to back them. I mean, once people get their butts in a seat and see us, see people play, they're going to go, wow, it's a quality product, but it's those people that are not willing to get in this, in the stands. That's who you got to inform. Right. Um, and so I, I do genuinely think you need some backing from the professional organizations. Um, and use their resources to start growing, you know, but you can't just grow overnight. It can't be a, a one season. It's got to, you just got to give it time. Um, and that takes funding. That takes a lot of funding. funding. If you can afford funding. to keep and the players, you know, hearing that some of these players, 15 fucking thousand dollars a year is, <laughs> is baffling. I make that in a minute. So I don't really understand that. Right. So that's, that's yeah. hard. And it's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, I actually, growing up playing boys hockey, I grew up with uh, Zach Parisi, plays for the Minnesota Wild right now, and um, was on all-star teams with him. And it's like, you know, he's making 98 mil and I'm making, you know, $50 for a private lesson at 6 a.m. Right, right. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's unfair. It's, 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 you know, it's, it makes you shake your head, but it, it is what it is. Right. So how how do you grind it out and how do you grow and how do you it's not about me it's about the little girls I look in the eyes right now and about it's about you yeah how when you're my age you should have it way better if we're doing this right 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 and I think I think that you know beyond the history of like sex sexism in this country um because I mean there's so many other sports in other countries where women are equal like you know talk about like in rugby and other things but, you know, I think when it comes to this, their support, not only do we have the old mentality, just taking that out of the picture, I also kind of feel like maybe there is a sort of growth versus limited mindset, meaning they feel like if they help you, they're going to somehow take away from their constituency. And what I love kind of a little bit about COVID, I probably shouldn't say this, is I think that they're going to have to flip that script because they're all kind of going to get fucked. I'm sorry. I can say that. Okay. It's my podcast. I'll just check the box that say, I swear. Um, like, but you know, like they're, they're kind of going to get screwed. And if they don't really just promote the sport at all levels, all places, they really risk the, the possibility that they're going to get so diminished that team owners aren't going to make the money that they're expecting to make that things are going to happen. Um, and I don't think there's a limit. I don't think that they should be like, Oh my God, if we support women's, what if they all go to the, you know, I watch women's basketball. Sometimes I'm like, dude, sometimes it's better. Like, especially in the Olympics, when you watch the Olympic games, you're like, you know, America's dominating. It's boring. They're just slamming out, you know, baskets. And, you know, you watch these women and it's a real competitive sport. You're like, Oh my God, like, you know, this is great. You know? So I wonder if they kind of have that sort of fear that like, Oh, they're going to take our market share. And then what do we do? You know? That's a crazy fear. I mean, it's, it's, it sounds so idiotic, but I hope that's not their fear. Cause it's about, 
it could double their market. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, uh, like women's soccer is just, uh, they're, they're a catalyst. And I think we, other sports really need to jump on board what they're doing because look what they've done in the last few years. You know, absolutely. It's been amazing. Yep. Absolutely. And they still, and what's funny about that is they still have a long way to go too. You know, they, they have, do it. That's the crazy part. Yeah. That's crazy, but they've, they've done it. Absolutely. So talk to me a little bit about what it was like you know, I mean, there's not really for for women's hockey. There's not really transitioning out of the sport because it's not like you're in a league and you're like exiting, but really kind of after college, after the Olympics, after, you know, the world championships that you're playing in, like, how do, what, how do you go from every day on the ice practicing to now, what do I do? Like now, what, like, did you have that moment? Like now, now that it's quote done in your mind from at that level, it's kind of like, okay what do I do? What am I supposed to do? What, what is it? What'd that look like for you when that change happened? I think that's probably for any female athlete and, and probably male athlete too, that, that transition period of, um, yeah, I can talk about, you know, what the Olympics you're, you're together for a solid six months with a couple breaks here and there, and you're in this grind and you're in this bubble where you're constantly around teammates and, have your routines and someone's telling you how to work out and how to, what to eat and where to eat and when to eat. And then all of a sudden you just get back home and you're like, what, you know, how do I, how do I kind of function? And, um, that, that bubble, that safety circle of, of that routine is kind of gone. I think that's the hardest thing for athletes. Um, so I remember just every time I came back from the Olympics, I was in a fog for like two to three weeks just because I wasn't, it was like, okay, it's, it's 10 o'clock. I should be at the rink or I, I can't turn and go down the hallway and talk to my teammates in their room. Right. Um, I think that's the hardest thing. So when I was for sure done, done, that was after 2010. And, um, I was, I was fortunate cause I knew I was kind of going, I had a job to go to. So I was going to be a, I was going back to the university of Minnesota to coach, um, the Gophers. So, I at least knew I had something, whereas a lot of my teammates were like, how do, how do I transition back into the real world and the general population and function? Like, am I going to get a job at Starbucks? I was just an Olympian. Like, yeah. what am I going to do? Um, so I think that's the hardest thing. And I just, I was really fortunate because I, hockey is still a really big part of my life. Um, and now adding two boys and, and I have the balance of motherhood and, and hockey as my occupation still. So, um, I was just really fortunate, but it's, it's still weird for me to be like for, you know, 15, 20 years of my life to go into a weight room and have somebody exactly tell me what to do and be there for me. Now people pay money for, for, (laughs) to go to like, you know, a CrossFit class or something. I'm like, I had that for 15 years of my life and now I got to go pay for that. (laughs) Um, so that, that stuff is just, it, it makes me sound spoiled right there, but, um, it's just a transition and it's different. And you, you kind of miss that. I miss that competitive. So you got to find way to find ways to channel that. And for me, I was lucky enough to still coach. So that's kind of, I'd still be involved in being competitive. Um, but I got to find other means to do that, whether that's running or working out or playing tennis. Um, I have to, that's in me, in my blood. And if I don't get it, I get crabby and stressed and and impatient and I got to find a way to channel that. Yeah. Do you have any routines like morning routine, evening routine that you do for yourself? 
I try. I mean, again, of a three and a five-year-old, um, every, every, I don't try to have too many expectations on a daily basis, but if I can wake up in the mornings uh, around six 30 and get a workout in, I'm, I'm so better the, the rest of the day. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, and then I, I'm, I try to be in bed, obviously depending on the boys before, before 10 and, uh, read before I go to bed. Nice. Okay. So what are you that, reading? Those are kind of my try to try to stick to those routines, but it, it always doesn't happen perfectly. What are you reading? currently uh i'm reading glennon doyle's untamed right now oh cool okay okay that's yeah. good all right um before we head out any kind of that's pretty good any kind of last words any kind of last thoughts that you want to talk to our audience about let them impart some wisdom on them any kind of thoughts that you have um <laughs> you're like on the spot damn it <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean you just you just hear so many I just, there's a, such a double-edged sword with social media. Um, I think mm-hmm. it does a lot of good of getting word out there and promotion. And, um, it's great for people that, for that, they have that platform. Uh, it's also just the opposite of how people comment and how people talk to each other and, and, and say things. And it's just frustrating to hear when you, when you hear a tweet on or a video on a female athlete, just the negative stuff that, is usually said by, by males, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it just gets disheartening. Um, so I would just encourage if you're, a, if you're a dad, if you're, um, a brother or sister, whatever it is, um, you all know somebody who has, has gone through, you know, been on, seen a girl who was good. And, you know, for me a lot, if I asked any of my, my former teammates, they're not posting any of that stuff because they were my teammate and they saw me firsthand. Um, so they're aware. So it's just make people aware and don't come in unless you're, unless you're not. I mean, but I think it just takes, it sounds so cheesy and cliche, but it just takes one person to inform. And then if that next person go, now we have a great domino effect. And um, I just being around hockey now and just now in a, a, a coaching teaching aspect, so many males parents come up to me cause they have daughters and they're like, I never knew that girls hockey was this great. It's so much fun. I love coaching my daughter. Go tell the next male that then, yeah, you know, or bring him with you, bring him to a game, see the product on the ice or in the, in the court, wherever it may be. Um, but I just think we, we can't like other things, like we can't be silent about it anymore. Like stand up for it say, no, I have a daughter that plays and she's really talented or it's really fun. Um, and these girls are really talented and they have a lot of skill. I think it just takes, instead of the grab a beer and, and joke around and laugh about it and I'll say, Hey, no, I, it's, it's important to get out there. And these, these girls are good. So I just think we just got to start standing up for ourselves, Um, and, and can't be silent about it anymore if, if you hear it. So, um, these, these kids and these players work really hard for, to go on uh, social media and for someone just to bag them. It's just, it's, it's not, yeah. Be human, be, be a good person. Yeah. That's rough. That's rough. Yeah. You did say something I know uh, when, during your acceptance speech um, at the hall of fame to your boys about, and I I have to get this right. Something to the effect of really kind of just telling them that um, they get to write the rules of their life. Right. Do you remember that? And so I thought that was, I thought that was great. I thought that was like, so 
awesome for you to be able to say that as a parent, because you know, it's scary too, right? <laughs> because they get, they will write their own rules and you just hope they're the right ones according to you. Um, but I thought that was an amazing thing. And I think that that is something that we can leave all of our viewers with as well is just that remember that you're in control. Sometimes it doesn't feel that way, but you really are. And that you really do write the rules of your life. You get to live it however you want. And if you don't like something, how it looks right now, it's actually within only your power to change it. And I hope that, you know, you can do that. Um, so listen, Natalie, awesome. Thank you so much for spending this time with us. Um, thank you. I really, really appreciate you. I really have a lot of respect for you. And I thank you so much for taking this kind of time with us. Thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity. So that is it for this week. Thank you for joining me. And I hope that you enjoyed today's show. If so, don't forget to rate it. If you guys have a pressing question, feel free to tweet me at CS Thrive uh, or on Instagram at Thrive Tribe 3.14159. Again, I know that's a weird one. It's just pi. So it's three, it's Thrive underscore Tribe underscore 3.14159. Or of course, you can join me in Facebook at my free group, which is Thrive Tribe Global. If you just search groups and you enter in Thrive Tribe Global, you should see us there um, and you can join it for free. Uh, I answer your questions in there, but if you guys send me a question through there, I will be sure to answer it here on this podcast. And as always, if you're ever interested in advertising on the show, please contact the Believe Network at Believe, B-L-E-A-V, at believe.com. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.